You're listening to WCAT Radio, your home for authentic Catholic programming. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Treasures in Heaven. From all of us at WCAT Radio, we're glad you're with us. I am your host, Dr. William Ailes. In this show, The Mystery of God, Advent, Paul said, Without question, great is the mystery of godliness. God was revealed in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. 2,000 years ago, our creator sent forth his son to herald the dawn of a new era, the new covenant. The fullness of this reality was a mystery, but has now been revealed. So, in this time when we celebrate and thank God for a Savior, His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, we have the privilege and an awesome responsibility at the same time to understand and to revel in this mystery, how that the living Word of the living God became flesh and dwelt among us. So I want to preface the stories of the birth with this revelation that was revealed after Christ ascended to the right hand of God and revealed a mystery. Paul writes, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul's prayer for us, Christ's church, Christ's kingdom, is that we would be encouraged in heart and united in love and have the full riches of complete understanding in order that we might know the mystery of God, namely Christ. And it's in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Christ revealed these treasures of wisdom and knowledge primarily after he ascended to the right hand of God. Central to our salvation is this amazing story of the Christ child, the Messiah, the Deliverer. Listen to Hebrews. God Chapter 1, God, who at various times and in diverse ways spoke long ago to the fathers through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the world. He is the brightness of his glory, the express image of himself, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
Throughout the Old Testament, God spoke at various times in diverse ways to the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. The Creator has spoken to his creation by his Son. And his Son, Christ, is the brightness of his glory, the brightness of the Creator's glory, the express image of himself. Like Christ is is the stamp of the perfect, pure image of God. Without question, as Paul writes in 1 Timothy 3, without question, great is the mystery of godliness. God was revealed in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached to the Gentiles, to the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. And that's a lot to wrap your head around, but it's all true. We know it's all true. We embrace this Messiah, our Savior. Looking forward in time and back in time, Almighty God knew what would come to pass. All accomplished by his Son, Jesus Christ. From before the foundation of the world, God had this mystery prepared for us. This is the big picture. I'm going to read what Paul wrote to Timothy. It's the second letter, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Before the beginning of time, this is just mind-blowing. Our Creator had granted us grace to enable us to get out of our sinful state through Christ Jesus. Think of the amount of time that elapsed from before the beginning of time to the, Christ, to the time the Christ child was born. That's a lot of time. This earth has been around a long time. And it's only been 2,000 years since the Christ child was on the earth. Compare that to the time that preceded Christ. We have this amazing ability to embrace what God promised and have these spiritual blessings now and for eternity. He, Christ destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. See, being born of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, this is the game changer. In the Old Testament, prophets had the Holy Spirit upon them we, in contrast, starting with Pentecost, were filled with the Holy Spirit as an eternal seed, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is ours to revel in. Look at what Paul wrote to Titus. In chapter 3, verse 4, When the kindness and love of our God, our Savior, appeared, 
He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth, the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. In the Old Testament, they foresaw this Messiah. But they didn't understand everything about this Messiah because some part of that was a mystery, hidden in God, not revealed until after Christ ascended to the right hand of God. You know, when Paul spoke of the mystery in 1 Corinthians, he said something actually quite astounding. And I want to go there and read this incredible record in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And just scroll to that section here. And we're getting there. First Corinthians two. Sorry, it's taking a little longer than I expected. First Corinthians two. We speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God predestined before the ages for our glory, to lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When, when the rulers of darkness instigated by Satan conspired to crucify the Christ, they thought they were blotting out the light sent by heaven. In reality, they gave us the perfect sacrifice for sin, which this is what we embrace, the perfect sacrifice for sin, we embrace it, we accept that sacrifice, the sacrifice of the Christ, and we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, ushering in all these benefits. That's why the mystery of Christ, the fullness of the mystery of Christ, could not be revealed till after he rose from the dead. So everything we've read so far is revelation that Christ gave after he rose from the dead. This amazing story that we get to participate in. Ephesians, we're going to continue with this track. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own, in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he foredained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Christ Jesus, in accordance with the purpose of his will, because it pleased him, and was his kind intent, so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor, and mercy, 
which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption, deliverance and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings and trespasses, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insight and prudence, making known to us the mystery, secret of his will, of his plan, of his purpose. That is so much to celebrate. Ephesians 1, 4 through 9. All this richness of the glory, the mystery revealed. All because of God's love for us and his desire to bestow his grace upon us. Colossians 1. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell, and to reconcile all things to himself by him, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him I say, whether they are things in earth or things in heaven. Through Christ, God reconciled us to, to himself, back to himself. To reconcile means to bring back together that which was once separated. All of this came to pass because of what the Christ child would accomplish. Now, before we go back to the Gospels, what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory and majesty of God, clearly revealed in the face of Christ. But we have this precious treasure, the good news about salvation and unworthy earthen vessels of human frailty, so that the grandeur and surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God, his sufficiency, and not from ourselves. God commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, and that light has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory and majesty of God in the face of Christ. Christ opened a door for us to see our Creator so much clearer than ever before revealed in the Old Testament. His love, His grace, His mercy became fully known through His Son. And we have the privilege to simply embrace it. You know, in the Old Testament, they were looking to the day 
the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Messiah would be born. We get to look back and know it's already accomplished. The birth of Jesus, in this time of the year, we celebrate Advent, the first coming of our Lord to the Holy Land to bring light to the whole world. In Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Joseph's lineage goes back to David, as does Mary's. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled by his words and considered in her mind what kind of greeting this might be. I mean, I might be a bit troubled too if, if a man in white shows up and gives you this message right off the bat. And I'm sure it was a very glorious presentation this angel had. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and, he shall, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And of course, biblically, to know a man means to have sexual relations with him. They were engaged to be married. They were not together yet in marriage. That's that simple. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and by the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who will be born will be called the Son of God. Listen, your cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was declared barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be unto me according to your word. Look at Mary's humility. May it be unto me according to your word. Really, let that be the cry of our own hearts. Not my will, but thine, my Lord, be done. Then the angel departed from her. Verse 39. In those days Mary arose and quickly went into the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Indeed, as soon as the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. 
Blessed is she who believed, but there will be a completion to those things which were told to her by the Lord. And now, Mary's song, Mary's Magnificat. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the low estate of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear or respect him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has pulled down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Quite a declaration from Mary. We get to look back at this time, the fulfillment of all that was prophesied from Moses, the first prophet of the Old Testament, to the last prophet, Malachi. And there would be 400 years between the last prophet and the birth of Christ and the prophet, of course, John the Baptist. Here comes the light of the world. It's absolutely fantastic. So, then... In Luke, we have this testimony of the birth. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire inhabited earth should be taxed. This taxation, or enrollment, was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went out to his own city to be taxed. So Joseph also departed from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem in Judea, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So basically it's a census, and they're going back to their family roots, the family tree, the origin, to be taxed with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was a child. So while they were there, the day came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In that same area, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very afraid. But the angel said to them, Listen, do not fear, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a company of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So when the angels went away from them into heaven, the angels said to each other, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
So they came hurrying and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they made widely known the word which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it had been told them. What a moment in time. Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus happened this way. After his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, had in mind to divorce her privately, because he had thought she had sexual relations, of course, with somebody else. But while he thought on these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for he who is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this occurred to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, saying, A virgin shall be with child, and will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being awakened from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and remained with his wife, and did not know her until she had given birth to her firstborn son. And he, call, and he called his name Jesus. John. Look at John's record. Chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him. Without him, nothing was created that was created. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness in order to testify concerning the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not this light, but was sent in order to testify concerning the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, referring to Israel. Yet all who received him, he gave the power to become sons of God to those who believed in his name. People, that's us. Who were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word, the Word of God, the very Word of God, became flesh. The living Word of the living God 
became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the Son, the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is what we believe. We know it's all true. It's astounding. I'm going to conclude with this incredible prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9. And in verse 2 we start. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This is the same light John's referring to. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it, with justice and with righteousness, from now until forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is our God. We have been enlightened by this great light, the light of God, shining through Christ. We see the glory, the grace, and the mercy, and the truth of God through Christ. This is what we embrace this time of Advent, the birth of our Savior, the Christ child. Well, from all of us at WCAT Radio, God bless you, and good night. Thank you for listening to a production of WCAT Radio. Please join us in our mission of evangelization. And don't forget, love lifts up where knowledge takes flight.